and welcome back to our book talk segment. Great to welcome a man who's uh, written a very interesting book. You see him, of course, on his uh, great uh, show and uh, podcast, uh, part of the Men in Blazers, the co-host of that. Does a lot of sports talk and uh, cultural and entertainment reporting, but he's written a book kind of a little bit about his life and how he kind of adopted America, and that's uh, the title of the book, uh, sort of Reborn in the USA, the full title, An Englishman's Love Letter to His Chosen Home, and we're joined today for a few minutes by uh, Roger Bennett, and Roger, great to talk with you. How are you? Ah, Doug Miles, to speak to you and to speak to Florida, Leroy Selman country, it's just the honor of a lifetime. I was going to say, uh, I don't know if you follow hockey as, as, uh, as an American now. I grew up in New York, but I always followed hockey. We, ha- we have the championship down here in Tampa Bay, so they're, they're, they're happy down here uh, in Florida. I, I am a huge fan of John Cooper. His life story is so inspiring. His work, I spent some time with him, with Victor Hedman last year. We interviewed Pat Maroon. That arc of the covenant, no matter what team he plays on, they're guaranteed victory back to back to back. I adore them. I love that team. I love the fan culture. I've been to many games down there in Tampa Bay, and it's a joy to be with you. They really adopted hockey. I grew up in New York, uh, of course, uh, a Ranger fan, but uh, you know, good for, good for the Lightning to win. But they really adopted the sport here in Florida, which nobody thought they would be able to do. But uh, three cups are now uh, pretty impressive. Very similar, I guess, in the sense. Yeah, I, like I know you've been covering soccer in your country, it's your former country. The atmosphere down there. Yes, yes. My former country, Godspeed. I mean, the, the football, soccer is so popular here. It's the joy of a lifetime as a guy that moved here from Liverpool um, loving football and loving America to see the two things I love absolutely combining to grow and grow and grow to where we are in this moment. It's been the joy of a lifetime to witness it and play a small role in that. I have to say, uh, before we get to the book, I, I broadcast a lot of soccer on radio, at college radio. We didn't have a football team, so I learned the game quickly and did a lot on radio. So uh, I, I appreciate the talent that goes into it. It's, it's a di- more difficult game than it looks like. Doug, we all stand on your shoulders. Thank you for your work in growing this game. I mean, it, it, we are living in a remarkable moment when there's a young audience who have just fallen head over heels in love with this game. We joke on our show, soccer is America's sport of the future, as it has been since 1972. But that future is very much now. Our women, our back-to-back world champions, and our men, this young, joyous team of self-confident players playing in Europe are going to make a great run at the World Cup next uh, uh, next year, 2022. And these are these are remarkable days we're living in. Yeah. Those who love the game. Really has exploded. Of course, your Men in Blazers show uh, uh, here in America has really taken off. And uh, I guess, like you said, since 72, I think when the, the New York Cosmos and you had Pele and all those great uh, European and South American uh, stars came to that league for those few years, I think that really was the impetus, wasn't it, for soccer growth in America? Yeah, they were meant to make it go immediately, become an overnight success like a yo-yo or a pogo stick. It's not been an overnight success. Instead, it's no. been slow and steady, World Cup to World Cup. And where we are now is remarkable. There's more football broadcast on television here than there is in England. There's a voracious appetite for it amongst the under 30 years age who watch the Mexican League, the Premier League, the National Women's Soccer League. Um, and it, it's been the honor of a lifetime to witness the slow and steady growth to this moment of wonder. 
and and um, God, many thought they wouldn't see the day, but Godspeed, America is a proper football nation. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's talk about the book. I had a chance to read it over uh, the last few days. Again, called Reborn in the USA, an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home. And again, as you mentioned, from Liverpool originally, but uh, you kind of adopted America, and uh, I guess the first city you've uh, you, you sort of uh, geared toward as far as uh, sports and culture was Chicago, right? Yes, my great-grandfather left Ukraine in the beginning of the 1900s, like millions, and he was a butcher. He was headed to Chicago, the hog capital of the world. And the family myth is, when the boat docked to refuel in Liverpool on the way, he saw the one tall building on the Liverpool skyline, thought he was in New York City, and disembarked, thus uh, marooning the family in northwest of England rather than <laughs> getting us to the promised land. So we always dreamed, and things were very dark. When I, Liverpool's a magnificent city, but I grew up here when uh, the city was really falling apart economically, politically. There was high levels of unemployment, massive levels, the heroin epidemic. It, was, it felt like a city that was falling apart. Mm. And I survived by dreaming of America, imbibing, inhaling the books, movies, television shows, the music, the sports teams, the Chicago Bears, Run DMC, Tracy Chapman, Miami Vice. And each of those morsels just taught me about how life could be lived in a different way, that I wasn't trapped, that there was hope. And so I tried to write a book of this wild time in America's reality, a love letter to America, holding up for Americans the power of the American idea around the world and the courage the joy, the sense of hope that it gives to millions. You and I, I think, are roughly roughly in the same age group, so just it was interesting just reading your background growing up uh, when you did and, and where you did, and, and just the the 80s, uh, I guess late 70s, early 80s sports scene uh, that you gravitated toward uh, in Chicago, of course, with, with the Bears and I guess the Bulls as well a little bit later on, but uh, you got to visit Chicago for a month at one time, right? Yes, the age of 15, I, I'd been writing to a pen pal for a year through the Chicago Bears Super Bowl season, a season which showed me that a team of losers, the Chicago Bears were hopeless, self-sabotaging. I mean, just a joke of a team. But they'd thrown off that mantle. They, they'd made the best of Walter Payton finally at the tail end of his career. Right. They, they'd added a, a defense that biblically smited all comers. And they changed their own destiny. As a kid, it, they taught me that you didn't have to be what you were, that change was possible. And I went over to Chicago at the end of that summer to be there in the northern suburbs and live a life very much if you've seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That felt like <laughs> a documentary of my stay there, just imbibing ribs and deep dish pizza, going to watch the Cubs in the bleachers and the Art Institute of Chicago. Um, and the highlight of my trip was going to O'Hare Airport at 4 a.m. in the morning to meet the Bears when they came back from the game. Um, and I got to meet the stars who were on my bedroom wall. I got to meet them face-to-face. Walter Payton, the sweetest man in the world, and William Refrigerator Perry, the, the carnivalesque face of the team, this joyous human being who played both sides of the ball. And he put his arm around me. I was 15, and he whispered into my ear, and this is what the book is about. Dream big dreams, kid. I did, and you can too. Mm. And it felt to me, I mean, he was actually, I now realize, spouting every cliche any athlete ever says to any child they want to get away from. But when I heard those words, it felt like the fridge himself was telling me to move to America. So it's largely thanks to him, amongst the other characters in the book, that I ended up coming here and making that American dream 
my reality. And I know you went back, of course, at 15, back home. And uh, how long after that, uh, before you finally, I know you went to school and everything, did all that, but pretty soon after you graduated uh, your final schooling, you came here, right? Yeah, I mean, the, Tracy Chapman, uh, when her album came out and the message of the album, which was about if you are in a dark place of a dark reality, um, be bold, make big changes, get out while you can. Uh, listening to that album, I realized I needed to leave Liverpool uh, and swore to do that at the earliest possibility. So as soon as I finished university, I moved to Chicago, the country my great-grandfather had dreamed of. Albeit 80 years after he was meant to get there, I completed <laughs> my family's three-generation journey. I became an American in 2018, swore in a courtroom in Lower Manhattan right. with 162 other new Americans. We said the oath of allegiance. These people had survived civil wars, conflict, famine, worse. And when you're in that room, you see, you sense, you hear, you share stories of America where America is given so many people a sense of courage, a sense of hope, a sense of possibility when we needed it. And that's what I tried to bake into this book, to hold up to Americans, many of whom are multi-generational. And I wanted to share with them a sense of what the American idea can uh, and should be. Yeah. Uh, you really described that in the book well, the the whole scene of, uh, again, growing up in New York. You know, I've heard about uh, that you know particular ceremony and all that, very moving, but uh, not an easy thing to go through. But you, you did it, and uh, God bless you for that. I know we're just about out of time, or a lot of 10 minutes, but I just want to give the title once again, Reborn in the USA, an Englishman's Love Letter to His Chosen Home, and uh, very inspirational for people that, uh, you know, like yourself, maybe uh, you say, oh, I, I have something in mind I have to do. So I think it's that type of book as well, and also very patriotic. So uh, thank you for writing it. Uh you are very, very generous, and the reception has been so deeply humbling. It's the joy of my life to be here and to share this story of optimism, joy, and love with America at this time is really the greatest moment of my life, so thank you. And I understand. Uh, I just got a note earlier from uh, from our, our book uh, uh, publicist that's number one in, uh, on the New York Times bestseller list this week, so it can't get any better than that. <laughs> That is words of truth, and it's deeply, deeply, deeply humbling. Roger Bennett, great talking with you. I guess uh, you give out your website, or people get more information. It's just rogerbennett.com. Is that your website, or, or the or the uh, Men in Blazers uh, website? You, 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 can, you go to meninblazers.com, but the book is available everywhere that uh, books are sold. And support your indie booksellers if you can. America, they really need your help right now. There's an audio book, too, which is... I've really poured my heart and soul into. Um, so thank you for your support. And it's great to be with you. It's great to be in Florida. I love Tampa. I love the whole area. I wish you all courage and Godspeed. Roger Bennett, appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. I'm Stan Brock. 
30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America, isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision and medical help to a million adults and their kids, right here at home in the United States of America.